Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. Every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. stars in Road Hard, a comedy inspired by his own experience as a stand-up comedian who finds himself stuck in the torture chamber known as The Road. Years after his movie and sitcom career has gone dry, Bruce Mattson, played by Adam Carolla, is reduced to headlining one dingy comedy club after another, spending his nights in budget hotels and flying coach while his former fans sit in first class. We're joined today by the director, writer, and star of the film Road Hard, and that would be Adam Carolla. Adam, welcome to Film School. Thanks for having me. Thank you. This is your uh, second film, the first film being The Hammer. Tell us a little bit about making of Road Hard. What prompted you to want to make this film? Um, I, I, well, you know, I, I just sort of, I made that. Or seven or eight years ago, maybe nine years ago, uh, you know, people periodically sort of came up to me and said, "When are you going to make the Hammer 2? That doesn't sound appealing to me. By the way, no one saw the first one, so <laughs> <laughs> why should I make a second one? And uh, I didn't, you know, I I, I had a, had a friend of mine who just kind of kept saying, hey, "You should make another movie. You should make another movie." And I was like, "Why? The last one took a bunch of time, cost a bunch of money." didn't make any money and no one saw it. So it was, it was just kind of a tough sell for me, but at a certain point he sort of forced my hand mm-hmm. and he put me together with a guy who had an idea about short guys who only were attracted to tall women. And he started pitching me this idea <laughs> and I said, I don't like this idea. Uh, and then I said, you know, someone ought to do a movie about some, uh, you know, something real, something real, like stand up or something, something like that. And at a certain point, I just sort of told them, oh, oh, I got it. I got it. All right. And then I sort of said in, in as nice a way as I could possibly say, all right, now clear out. <laughs> I got, <laughs> now I got the idea. Okay. And, okay. and so I just, I just moved, I, I started moving forward. Once I had the idea at that point, I, I just said, uh, hold on a second. Where's the schedule? Oh, sorry. <laughs> Give me the, uh, so uh, I just said, uh, once it bit me, I, I said, I got to do this idea. You know, it wasn't crowdfunding. When I did the hammer, so it was a lot of rattling the can and getting producers, and it just was such a pain in the ass. It just seemed so unattractive. But the crowdfunding thing sounded interesting to me, yeah. And so that's why we went at it. And and you were able to raise enough money for the production distribution. How how did that work for you? How well did that pan out? Uh, we were able to raise enough money for the production. And then to pay back the people in terms of the rewards, and in terms of, you know, when you do a crowdfunding thing, you go, all right, there's 15,000 people, and they all need a T-shirt, and they all need a Blu-ray. <laughs> and, 
you know, I said I was coming to Seattle to do a prepare and a meet and greet, and someone's got to buy the plane tickets. Now, yeah. So when you do the crowdfunding stuff, a certain percentage of the money has to be, and I don't know what the number is, but for every buck you make, uh, go ahead and put a nickel or dime aside to fulfill the postage and the posters and the sending and the Blu-rays and the autograph scripts and the, all the stuff that's going to take to repay everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I've talked to a number of filmmakers regarding crowdfunding, and they've been pretty consistent in telling me that uh, it's, it is a great way to go, for especially for independent filmmakers and all, but it really is a full-time job, that it's not something that you just start and you walk away from and you watch it, the money uh, fall in. You have to. You really have to be have someone dedicated to responding to people. All the rest of it. Was that your experience? Yeah, it's a little. It can be a little overwhelming. Yeah, you got to pay somebody full time to be constantly communicating with people, telling them, you know, hey, we got our L.A. screening and it's going off in a month, and then you get the angry email that says, I'm going to be in Maui on the 27th. What the hell? And then you try to figure out a way to accommodate that guy, you know? Or, you know, I I, 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 I bought the thing, and I moved to Portland, and I'm not in L.A. anymore. And then you go, okay, well, you know, maybe when we do the Portland screening, we'll get you in on the Portland screening, you know, because, yeah. I, I mean, you know how many T-shirts... Uh, were sent that were the wrong size. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. you know, there's 13,000 T-shirts to go out. Uh, <laughs> what are the chances? You know, it's like, yeah. it's like you're, you're working at the Keebler factory. There's going to be <laughs> some of those cookies are going to break. You know, there's a certain percentage. Uh, you know, then the you know the husky uh, long haul trucker is going to shove himself into the pixie size T-shirt, <laughs> take a picture of himself frowning, and tweet it to me. You know. <laughs> Well, I, I want to remind our listeners we're speaking with Adam Carolla. He is the writer, producer, director, and star of Road Hard, and it's a film that is coming out March 6th, and it'll also be available on video on demand. Uh, just, I'm going to run through a very quick uh, rock-skipping-across-the-pond kind of overview of your career here. Uh, I know you initially from your time on uh, the radio station here in Los Angeles, KROQ, Rock. It, you and Jimmy Kimmel kind of started, if that's the right way to put it, in uh, in this world of uh, show business. Is that a fair statement uh, through that? Okay, sure. Rock. Sure. As Mr. Bertram, uh, and then he was, uh, Jimmy was the sports guy. From there, it was uh, the man show. Many people know you from that, and Crank Yankers, and you've been on radio, Loveline, et cetera, uh, so many different things. And of course, um, and then this, a lot of stand-up, but your podcast, and you do a podcast, and I know that it's extremely popular, uh, and um, so you're, you're all, you are a multimedia conglomerate here, uh, Mr. Corolla. It, uh, are, you, are you easily bored, or you just find yourself you know, constantly challenging yourself? Is that, is that what you're... Well, you know, I... We talked a little off there, yeah. so to speak, about just wanting to do things. Sometimes people don't think you can do them, yeah. and 
done, I've done a lot of TV. Yeah. I've done a lot of radio. But up until a few years ago, I hadn't made a movie and I hadn't written a book and yeah, there are right. other things I hadn't done. And I just thought, hey, I want to, I want to do that. You know, I, I look at comedy as being not a sport. To me, comedy's about being, it's, it's like saying this guy's athletic. Mm-hmm. And you go, yeah, but what's your sport? Because there's comedy and then there's stand up, there's yeah. sitcoms, there's writing, there's, sketch comedy, improvisational comedy, and I think to myself, as somebody who's athletic, well, I'd like to play all these sports. Yeah, I wouldn't want to limit myself to just golf. You know, as somebody who is athletic, and when I say athletic, I mean comedically. Why just play golf all day? Yeah. And if, especially if someone tells me I would suck at softball, or how could I? play softball that makes me want to go you know what i'm going to play softball and i'm going to i'm going to show you i can you know and so for me making the movie was just basically just to kind of go look uh i i can do this um i may not do it i may not make a living doing it i may not feed my family doing it but i can do it right now i well you mentioned the books and i i do want to um let people know the you've written the there's been the collaboration with dr drew which is dr drew and adam book uh, survival guide to life life and and love your own book uh 50 years will all be chicks and other complaints and then you also have a, a new newer book called rich man poor man and and not taco bell material right are yeah, I got, I, I, I got uh, President oh. Me. Oh, you've got it's right. Oh, my God. I Yeah, yeah President Me America, that's in my head. Okay, so uh, let's talk about Road Hard. Now, this is your second film, as we mentioned, uh, The Hammer, which was, it's uh, both of these films have a biogra- autobiographical uh, feel to them. Uh, the first, The Hammer, was about a man who was uh, a contractor and who was uh, a boxer and is trying mm-hmm. to get back into the game. Uh, and in this film, uh, you're a comedian who has uh, who is in kind of a rut in your career. You're trying to figure out, you know, the next move, the next step, and um, uh, you've seen some people that you've been associated with go on to great success, and now you are you find yourself out on the road. I think, yeah. I, I think we know what the inspiration of some sort that, for this, but tell us a little bit about in terms of writing this. What, what, did you, what did you want to convey in terms of, besides being a funny film, what, did you, what were you hoped, hoping to put across in making this film? Um, I really kind of wanted to explore the, the notion of the backward step, meaning even though you take a guy who made a million dollars a year and you whack him down to um, now making $500,000 a year and I'll show you a guy who's upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and most people would say, well, you're making 500 grand a year. What are you upset for? Uh, <laughs> you're in the 1%, buddy. Yeah, he's in the 1%, but <laughs> the year before he was making a million yeah. and he's pissed. Yeah. And I, 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 I don't know, you know, I, I wish he could be happy knowing that he's still doing so much better than so many people on the planet, but I guarantee he's not. 
And it was about kind of how we all have to kind of wrestle with that, you know, that, that, that step backwards in life, yeah. that, that part where you, at some point in your career, maybe you could dunk a basketball, but at a certain point, you cannot dunk a basketball anymore. Yeah. You're too old and your knee's bad, you know? That part where, you know, you catch a glimpse of yourself walking by the mirror after getting out of the shower and you don't look as good as you used to look. And, 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 you know, the metaphors keep going. But yeah, yeah. From a, from a ego standpoint and from a Hollywood standpoint, it's really tough to take a step backwards, you know? And, and it's also how society views those people, too. You think about the starlet that was so beautiful in the 80s, and now she's had a little too much plastic surgery. And what do people say? They go, oh, it's so sad, isn't it? Yeah. It's sad. You know, they, they say the word sad. You know, this person has a house in Malibu and drives a Tesla, and you're saying it's you feel bad for them. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, it, it, it is. You, you're you in a business that it's all it's mostly perception, right? So that is what you're. I think what you're describing is just it's our perception of of this stuff, isn't it? Yeah. 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 yeah you're right. And and uh, I would started. To, it started to sort of dawn on me when uh, you know, for me, when Jimmy Kimmel became so successful. And Dr. Drew became so successful as well. And, you know, people used to would sort of come up to me and go, that's, that's got to be rough, right? <laughs> and I'd go, no, it's not rough. And they'd go, yeah, but that's tough, huh? And I'd go, no, I love those guys. I, I, I love Jimmy. I love Drew. I socialize with them. I have a podcast with Drew. I was at Jimmy's house for the Super Bowl. I'm, I'm glad the guy's making money. It's more more free booze and food for me when I go to his house, you know, and they go, yeah, but that's gotta be a little tough, right? <laughs> no, but it's, it's, it's the perception. Yeah. It's how people feel for you. That, that was one of the reasons I was sort of inspired to make the movie. And you make the point in the film. I, I mean, again, and just as you're describing it here is is when you would say that to people in the film, there was this, yeah, this, they just don't want to believe you. How how could that be? How could you actually be happy uh, when someone else? It's that sort of zero sum thing, you know, where if someone else is successful uh, or just somebody's, you know, somebody up means you're down. And 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 I, and this is really really again it goes to I for me it goes to um, the the uh the thread that connects uh the hammer to road hard is there is there is a a, a gentle ma- manner to your character in both of these films um has the ability to to be uh you know ag- uh aggressive and 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 stand your ground when the situation presents itself but at your heart your characters um are really very um much they want to be grounded. They want to be. They want to be connected to people in a significant way, and they want to do things that make them happy. And right. and I, that that I think is for me. The that's why I was so drawn uh, to the hammer. Why I liked it so much, and I think this film as well reflects those same kind of values. And it, and at the same time, it's a very funny film. I, I really uh, your stand up has always been great. And but I I think uh, you're you're developing or you are uh, become a, a good comedic actor as well in this film. So and I think I 
think that's something that um, really comes across. Well, thanks. It's you know not something I do full time and or even part time. Yeah. <laughs> I take years off in between, and you know because of the budget and because of my time constraints, I was working on a Paul Newman racing documentary. I was finishing a book. I was fighting the patent trolls, and uh, I was doing a TV series for Spike, and yeah. you know. 20 podcasts a week. I don't, the problem with these kind of movies is there is no table read. There's no rehearsal. Mm -hmm. There's no, you know, I'm going to get the script and I'm going to sit down with my acting coach. I'm really going to work on some of these scenes. There's none of that. It's like David Koechner shows up on a a Tuesday. I don't even know if he knows what he's doing. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You hand him the script and, you know, we tell him what, what to do and you don't know what you're doing either. I mean, it would horrify Nate Adams, who is uh, the producer, one of the producers. It would ho- he would say to me, "Do you know what scenes you're doing tomorrow?" And I'd be like, "Nate, we're, we're not even through today. I'm trying to figure out what scenes to shoot this evening." And he'd be like, "You don't know your your lines for tomorrow?" And I'd say, "Nate, the the, the script is 93 pages." And I have dialogue on every single page. I can't memorize this. I can't work on stuff three days down the road from now. I'm <laughs> trying to figure out what we're doing this morning, you know? And so you don't really have the luxury of time. And, and, and that's why, for me, I have to write the film. <laughs> because if I don't write the stuff that's coming out of my mouth, it's going to be, you're going to see some really bad acting going on you know yeah well i did a great job uh and you had a great cast as well you mentioned david but uh, i thought uh now i've seen um diane farr on a lot of television i haven't seen her in a lot of film but uh she's terrific in this Uh, i'm 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 very proud to say that i cast many of those people sight unseen and not sight unseen, but script unheard. Mm-hmm. I know Diane. I know Diane well. I know Diane's a great actress. And I said, there was no, oh, who are we going to get to play my love interest? I'm like, I'm going to get Diane Farr to do this. And who are we going to get to play one of my best friends? We'll, we'll get David Allen Greer to do this. And who, who you know, Keckner and all, all these guys. You know, I knew... You know, I know that Jay Moore is a good actor. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, he is. A I good know actor. he's a good actor, yeah. and I knew he'd be great in that scene. You know, yeah. and those scenes he did, and and I, I I I knew it about just about everybody. So I didn't audition anyone, and I didn't need to talk to him. I knew Jay would just become that guy, and I knew, you know, uh, I I knew Diane Farr would just eat that roll up yeah. and, and I want to make sure and give her some good dialogue too and not just make her the sort of you know I feel like some of these movies just use the woman as kind of the prop to yeah, yeah. move them along yeah, you know yeah. I definitely wanted to have her be her own person you know well she's got a little bite to her character which is cool and and you know there's so so it's uh 
there that's that's a good thing. It 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 it, it livens up the the relationship between the two characters in a in a good way. Yeah, like she's from New Hampshire. She's got to deal with the winters. She makes furniture. Her husband died. You know, she's kind of a tough woman. Yeah, you know exactly. And I and David Allen Greer is terrific. He, you know, he's another. There's so many people, and you're you're describing these people that you worked with, David, it's, uh, and others. Uh, that are Larry Miller is great to see. Larry Miller, I it's, haven't oh, seen yeah. him. I mean, uh, really, truly, I I've always thought one of the more underrated uh, stand-ups of uh, that I can think of is Larry well, Miller. A, underrated actor. Yeah, 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 he's as well. A really good actor. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and then I so I knew Larry would you know I know Larry I knew what he would do I knew Diane I knew and those guys I really feel like they really came through didn't you feel like yeah. all their performances were just great Yeah I did I did and I, I'm singling out a couple here but, but uh, David Allen is, is again a guy that you you just know he he should be in more things he's a very funny guy. And I get the impression that he's very funny just in conversation. He the the, the scenes at the at the diner I, I would imagine are not very far off from the way he he is generally. Um, I just said yeah. he, he's just naturally just he has it. And uh, yeah, so but you also see that he just has very strong dramatic acting chops as well. Yeah. you know he can be very very realistic and very believable. You know. Well, okay, I want, that brings me to a, a question about you. Uh, for you, is that uh, you know a lot of stand-ups have gone on to become exceptional dramatic actors. Is that something that I mean? There, there's drama in your film. That not to say there isn't, but that would that be something that if I told you I don't think you could do it, you would pursue it. <laughs> but I mean, seriously, is that something that is in your is in your interest uh, down the road to continue to kind of pursue uh, more dramatic uh, roles, or would you write more dramatic roles for yourself? Or are you? I, I I no one to this to date, no one has ever come to me and asked me to write a film or be in a film. <laughs> or act in a film or do anything theatrically. Okay. So I would assume if, if one of these days I'll, I'll write myself a more dramatic role and, and see if I can surprise some people. But so far, so far. you know, <laughs> I got a family to feed and a business to run, and I can't just go you know, all razor's edge, like Bill Murray. <laughs> Bill Murray, uh, Albert Brooks, Tom yeah, Hanks. I, I mean, I, you know. I, mean, I, I, I look, man, do, <laughs> do I think I can do it? Yes, I do. Okay. Uh, but does that mean I'm going to get paid, or does that mean <laughs> anyone's going to let me do it? No, look, I, just... I, I thought I could be the lead in a romantic comedy, but no, I was the only person that thought that. <laughs> no. Well, uh, well, I, I, I'll let you go on that. Um, and I, again, I, I strongly recommend uh, this film uh, uh, to anyone who is interested in seeing a very human scale comedy drama. It, it's got, it's got a lot of different elements in it, and and you can tell that everyone in the film is, um, is in on it, and and it feel it feels like a very. Uh, um, like a family affair of sorts, and a very well done film, Adam. Uh, I'm so glad you were able to find a little time to be on Film School today. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Mike.
You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio. 